Oye, chicos, me llamo Miguel y ese chico. Y yo me llamo Andrés. Bueno, hablando sobre las diferencias en pronunciación y los frikis y los raros así, los, los weirdos, se dice. <risa> Vamos a hablar esta semana sobre las diferencias en algunos dialectos de español. Sobre todo la diferencia entre cómo se habla en España y cómo se habla en países de América del Sur. Venga. Estamos sí, aquí y sí, empezamos. Sí, yo iba a decir que vamos a abordar eh, en concreto los temas de pronunciación, un poco de gramática y igual la diferencia entre algunos términos y palabras que se encuentran o en España o en México y Sur, um, América del Sur. Entonces, ya, yeah, arrancamos, macho. So like uh, Andres and I were saying, today we're going to focus on some differences in a couple different dialects of Spanish. There are so many different ways to speak uh, that it can get a little bit confusing where a certain grammar structure is used because sometimes it's not in every country. So we're going to get a little bit, as Andres likes to say, into the weeds about that today. So um, I guess I'm going to start it off. First and foremost, how do we begin? So I'm going to talk about a concept called leyismo. So oh, that's a tricky one. It is a that's tricky one. Brother. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, it is a bit of a tricky one. So as we, I think most of us know, and if you don't, that's totally cool. We, we'll probably do a topic on this later. You know, watch out for that. Um, but anyway, I think most of us are pretty familiar with indirect objects and direct objects. So an indirect object, if I said, I told Andres, it would be, le dije, Andres. You know, um, so that's talking about something that I did to Andres. So that would be an indirect object. To whom or for whom? If you can answer that question, you're talking about an indirect object, just to keep it simple. To whom or for whom? Exactly. But if I say, I gave it, If I, if I say I gave it, it would be lo dio or lo, lo di. Um, if I say I gave it or he gave, if I say he gave it, it would be lo dio. Um, and that would be talking about a direct object because what you are saying, what did you give? Well, you gave it. That's a direct object. But it's not always quite as straightforward because in some countries, when you should use a direct object, They like to use a an indirect object, but this is only with people. So I'll give an example. If I say, I gave, I'm, oh, do you have an example? Hold on. Let me think. Yeah, yeah, you could say something like, I brought him to the school. You could, and they would say like, ya le traje a la escuela. Yeah. Or, I'm, voy a recogerle luego. I'm going to go pick him up. Mm -hmm. But, of course... You're, the action is to pick someone up, and so the action um, like takes place on the person, right? He's being picked up. It's not to him or for him, but rather that the person is literally picking up the other person. So it should be a direct object pronoun. It's, it's as clear as day in English, at least. Um, 
Instead, they replace what ought to be a lo as a indirect or as a direct object pronoun with le. It happens left and right. I can give you tons of examples. So let me say this. This actually does go slightly beyond just a bunch of native speakers making a mistake. There is, that's one way to think about it because technically it is grammatically incorrect. It should be a direct object and they use the indirect object. But when an entire country, when an entire like subset of the population uses this consistently and they continue to use that, that grammar structure, it kind of takes on a life of its own thing. So it's no longer 100% incorrect in certain well, countries. It, it bears saying that as of late, and I don't know precisely when, the RAI, the Real Academia de oh, Española, mm -hmm. approved its usage. They're like the head honchos, overseers of the galaxy when it comes to what's allowed in Spanish linguistics across the board. And they have determined that it is acceptable to use lay to replace the um, direct, direct object, object yeah. pronoun, pronoun of a masculine object. But right? not with feminine, and that goes back to Spanish being slightly sexist. Um, but we're going to skip over that part. We're just going to skim right over the top of that part. Yeah, so yeah that's a whole ignore that. second, dude. That's going to be next week's topic is sexism in, in the Spanish language. But anyway, so laismo, um, sobre todo, overall, they really tend to use that more in parts of Spain than I think really any other, than I think really any other uh, Spanish-speaking countries in the world. So anyway, the first concept, laismo, kind of weird, uh, but that's the thing that they do in Spain. So if you hear that, you can understand exactly why they are using the indirect object pronoun instead of the direct object pronoun. Andres. I really want to point out the fact that it, it can be, like, it's a little bit hard to understand why it would be difficult until you start to speak Spanish a lot, but it's because they have this thing called the uh, personal ah. The ah right? personal. So thing, you say, like, um, I picked up Andrew would be yo recogí a Andrew. Oh, I, Andrew, lo recogí, right? Yeah, so and, even if you're talking about of this ah, they want to often use the le because you hear it so much with like, I Andrew le encanta tal cosa or, so I think that it's a really like easy mistake to make in Spanish. Whereas in English, you would never be like, I told to Andrew the secret, like throwing in an extra two to make the equivalent of that mistake is, is absurd. Well, the, in that case, that would be the Andrew there would be still be an, an indirect object. But I, that's what I, sometimes I'm going to touch on. In, um, so in Spanish, like Andres is saying, with when you have a person's name, you have to put the a personnel before it, unless it's the subject of the sentence. Um, so that can get a little bit confusing because most of the time that you say to and a person, you are talking about the indirect object. And it looks like you would translate the a personnel as to and then the person's name, but you also have to use that with direct objects, which is yeah. why it can get really tricky. That a personnel really kind of clunks things up in the middle. Should we talk about Ceseo? Ceseo, absolutely. I think that's probably my favorite one or like probably the most interesting one. All right, we might volley back and forth on this one then because 
uh, a week ago, we weren't 100% uh, agreeing with what it meant. But my understanding of Sisseu during the three or so years that I've been living here accumulatively is that in most of the world, they do something called Sisseu, which is, this means that Zs, Ss, and Cs are always pronounced as an S, right? So you're going to have words like sapato. You're going to have words like um, Gracias. which is a normal S, and then you'll have cerveza, right? Which is a, a C now being pronounced just like an S. And if you're in Spain, then the majority of people do something that's commonly called distinción, right? And this is where they distinguish. And the, dis the distinction to be made is all the Zs are going to sound like a TH, So taking shoe again, they would say zapato. Zapato. Uh, or the next example was cerveza. Well, so that's what I... Z being pronounced as a TH. This leads us into the C situation. And C, on the other hand, only happens when it is followed by an I or an E. So you're never going to hear things like a, a CA. But yes, it's C E T I. Rest assured that it. Oh, sorry. You just, you just, you just got real. You just got real choppy. Just it's been perfect. Other than that, the, no. whole, the whole time it's been perfect. It was just the last like two or three sentences. You just got real choppy. Um, I think it was okay. right before you started right saying, you that, saying that. Right when you were saying the C I or C E, you just got. Can you okay. can you do that one again? Uh -huh. Sweet. Yeah. Perfect. You sound good now. So if you're in Spain, just rest assured that every time you encounter a CI or a CE, you'll be saying it just like the Z, which is to say the TH sound. So, all right. But And at the same time, all the S's, at the same time, all the S's in distinction still make that normal S sound. So it's a little bit, um, if you've heard sometimes people say that, Spanish people have a lisp. Well, the majority of Spain really doesn't make that TH sound and all the S's. It's just on the CEs and Zs. Or C I C E and Z. Like I'm just Yep. Yep. So that I mean that gets us through Ceseo, no questions asked. If you guys are really interested in this topic and it's not, we're not going into enough depth, that's understandable. Just hit us up in the comments. The um distinción. I think that you understand now because S's are pronounced per usual, like in the rest of the world. Z's sound like THs. C I C E sounds like THs. Otherwise, S or C what? No, take that back. You'll have to edit that out because I was going to say C with a different letter sounds like an S, but it's not. It's going to be ka, ko, yeah, ko. Uh huh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And finally, keep the ball rolling. We have this. This is something um, that's not really common. You know, I don't think that anywhere other than in southern Spain, I think it's really in encounter it. In Andalusia yeah, and, and Sevilla and stuff like that. And I, Sevilla. I say it's like predominant in Andalusia, right? Like I live with a dude who seems like to me when he's talking, he's almost like arbitrary about where he throws in a couple of TH sounds that don't belong. But like 95% of the time. 
he sounds like a distinción, and he's from like a little pueblo and next to Cadiz, right? So, and this is one of the places that is notorious for using a ton of cesear. Now, people might not know what that is. You can maybe you can guess because we're talking so much about C's, Z's, and S's. Well, this doesn't have to do with C's and Z's because. That's already taken care of. Those make the TH sound already. Now, as the word kind of suggests in the way it sounds, theo is they have difficulty with S's and they will occasionally make, convert what should be a noise into a th. Um, I don't think that it lends to any confusion, but some words, if they're like S-E, S-I, are, um, yeah, they're subject to getting swapped for others, like a C. Can you think of an example, like una tía? Cervieta, cervieta. Una cervieta, una tía. A cervieta or a tía. Yeah. Or maybe, like, really softly, they could potentially say, like, España. Something. You know, like, I'm not well enough versed in this, but definitely that's what happens. You take your S's. Not S-A, not S-U or S-O, but like S-I-S-E. Those oh, can get switched. So is that the only thing? It's only So it's like the C's with distinction that it's only the S-I and the S-E that get changed and it's not the that's, S-O. That's, that's why they mix it up because oh. they're so used to saying like the for they, the. Then they'll say they, see sometimes when it's an S and they think it's a, a, a C. Okay, so so let me say this. So SOPA would totally, even with the Theo, SOPA would still be totally just SOPA. But Dude, then, I like, can't like, the that. like I think that's, I think I had read that before. I think it's like the similar, I think it's the SIs and SEs more than anything else. I, I guess we should maybe look that up though. I mean, we can leave people hanging a little bit, too. They can do their own research uh, slightly. All right, that's cool. Hey, so if you've got anything to say, some uh, insights on Fetheo and exactly when it is used and exactly when it is not, we would love to hear that down in the comments. Hell yeah, man. Dude, so like I said, like with, um, what was it, Leismo, I've just gathered intel living here talking to people. And the same thing applies with Ceseo, Ceseo, and Distinción. I haven't, like, broken out the books or went to the library over this matter. But um, my understanding from what I've heard from lots of people is the biggest mistake is going to be S-I-S-E being used as a C-I-C-E. Mm. Cool. Yeah, all right. I think we killed that one. Um, cool. So my thought is that we will go now from, but we'll probably do the vosotros ustedes and then go into vos. Um, you want me? You want to let me just do vosotros ustedes because that'll be real easy. And then you want to maybe go into the yeah, bo- yeah. And then afterwards, I'm going to talk about present perfect and past simple. So I, I think you might just. I think you might just send the rest of it after that because you said you want to talk about that and then probably a couple different specific examples. I mean, my only specific example is cocaine. But anyway, let's get started. Okay. So another difference between Spain Spanish Castellano. And what I call Latino Spanish, you know, the Spanish spoken in South America and Mexico, which is a lot more homogenous or a lot more closely related than, than those languages are to Castellano. Um, so another big difference between those is the use of the formal 
or the informal plural you. So in Spain, you, they have this word called vosotros, which is like y'all, basically. That's the way that I pronounce it, or that's the way that I translate it, is y'all. It's like, and I I'm live, so guilty of saying y'all to everybody too. So yeah. it, it comes quite nicely. I, I don't like it. to say um, you and be referring to like multitudinous people. Nah. I love y'all, dude. It works out so great. <laughs> I just moved down to the South too. So, you know, I had to practice it somehow. But anyway, so you can think of vosotros like y'all. It's like saying informally to a group of people, you. Um, or you guys. It's y'all or you guys. Um, and then anyway, in other countries, they do not have this. So the only way they have to refer to a large group of people, even your friends, you know, if you're referring to them directly, they have to say ustedes, which is the formal version of, of you, uh, of the plural you. Um, yeah, which might be a little bit like in English saying you all. Taking the time to include the you all rather than saying y'all or you guys. I, 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 mean, I wouldn't even, I just, I personally wouldn't de describe it like that just because I feel like you all doesn't really have any sort of an air of respect to it. It doesn't have an air of disrespect, but ustedes definitely has more of a form. It's a, of like showing a little bit of not being quite a peer, of kind of there being a little separation in between the speaker and the listener, uh, and like respect. It can mean different things in different situations. I think it can mean like, yeah. Like I was saying, kind well, of respect so or I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there, but you, you're only taking it through a Spanish filter. And like the, all the rest of the world sees it as as not being formal. It probably can still be used formal. It would be hard, both, I think, both, to, yeah. to show any type of formality in like a university setting or with a, uh, a president and a prime minister at the same time using ustedes when you would say the same thing to your two little brothers or your like five best friends. That's true, but let me say this. Okay, let me just say that with, I guess, usted then. Usted does definitely show that kind of respect because in these countries, even if they don't have vosotros, they, they definitely still have the distinction between tú and usted. So, and then again, yeah, in Spain, ustedes would mean that kind of same respect and a slight separation. But in a country where there is no other option, it really I guess it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I was kind of viewing it through a Spanish filter, so that's, that's a good insight, Andres. Um, yeah. So that was just something that can lead to kind of funny interactions if you're talking to a group of your friends in Spain and you call them ustedes, which definitely happened to me because I was always taught, vosotros doesn't matter, don't bother learning it. Turns out you do if you go to Spain and all your friends are like, dude, why are you calling me usted? Like, listen, I'm your friend. Come on, call me too. Dude, so I, I didn't do this, but like I was thinking about it earlier. Imagine that I was speaking with all of my my students and i'm talking to them like they're little princes right like they're royalty. you know i would be practically admitting that i'm their servant <laughs> Who's if i addressed them all of my students i was i was standing up on like this little platform behind a i don't know like getting ready to address everybody and i said bueno ustedes pues uh ustedes I'm traído vuestros libritos para hacer las actividades de hoy. Yeah, your parents, 
bust out laughing. Dude, I like the I like the the pairing of ustedes with the libritos. Like it's like you're playful, but I'm also gonna refer to you like as a little prince. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man. So I think talking about vosotros transitions really nicely into another distinction in between Castellano and other types of Spanish is uh, is this it's thing it's this thing called vos, which basically is just another way to say two. So in certain South American countries, just not all the time, but sometimes, I guess I should maybe do a little bit more research into exactly when. But I know that it's not. I know it's not all the time. But they do have this uh, other way of saying the for informal you do uh, by by saying both. So it sounds like the beginning of vosotros. But um, yeah, it's just conjugated just like two. And so if you see both, it's not necessarily just a shortened form of vosotros, which I thought at first. It's just another way of saying you. Uh, anyway, and then so some of the countries that they do this in are like Argentina, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia, uh, I think Uruguay, they do it in certain parts also. Um, but again, it's not, it's not all over, but in certain parts they do that. So just if you see that, hopefully then you will understand what they're, what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not related at all to vosotros. I thought that for years that it was like some abbreviated version of vosotros because you'll see in a lot of books like ustedes and usted they make those they shorten those right they put ud yeah. period uds period and so I saw both and no one ever explained it to me and I went years thinking <coughs> what the hell is all this jazz about but there's something to be said about the conjugation while it is the same the pronunciation's different the stress goes on the last syllable so if you were gonna say like, tu comes, comes, instead you say, vos comes. Vos comes? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yep. nice. And I don't know whether or not that's going to carry, like, a, a tilde, and you actually put an accent. Or if it's just an understood. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I wanted to say one other thing I, about vos. I think where that comes from is that was a way to uh, describe royalty back in the day, like, um, something yes. like that. It said, like, kind of like your majesty is like boss. And it's like the, oh, I think it's got something to do with that. I don't want to say 100%, but I think it's got something. I think that's from Pan's Labyrinth when um, the, the Fauno is talking to the little girl at the end. And he, like, referred to his boss. I, like, had heard that. I was like, oh. And it was, like, a well, form of, like, royalty kind of. The, the only usage of it that persists still in Spain is it's, com it's almost, like, comical. Because you use it just like among friends or when greeting people, but they'll say like, que tal? And a lot of people say, bien y vos, bien y vos. Oh. And you'll hear that, and they don't mean it in the legitimate way of like old school uh, elegance or royalty, right? I think it's, it's just like, like but you can tell that it used to be here. And I don't yeah. think they're doing it because Argentinians do it replacing tu. It was because it was like pre. It used to be. It used to be a thing in Spain, and then the language just kind of evolved away from that. But it used to be a big thing in Castilian Spanish. Um, okay, yeah. that was that was all I wanted to say. I just wanted to mention that kind of just so if someone sees that, they understand what it is. You know, just because I went years without understanding what the hell that was. <laughs> I just, I just had an idea. It's, it's a little bit strange, and I don't know exactly in what to root it. And like, but they used to say things like, 
vuestra merced, vuestra. And that means like your highness or your yeah, majesty. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. But they're using the uh, vuestra, like, you know, the possessive of vosotros yeah. and talking to one person. So there could be some relationship to shortening it and calling this person vos. I have no clue. I think I think they're definitely related. I think they're related. We will, if people are super interested in that, there's, I think we should. There's so many clues. Dude, if I was more intrigued by Spanish, I'd look into it. All right, guys. So now that you have a little bit of understanding of the whole vosotros and ustedes, Steven, it would be my great honor to show you another thing that happens more so in Spanish. And then in the rest of the world, they do it a different way. But I want you to pay attention because it's going to sound really different. And I want to see if you notice what's what's happening. All right. So in, in Spain, there's this tendency to use the present perfect where in the rest of the world, they're going to use the what is it? Past simple. Right. So in, instead of saying, like, did you go out last night? They would say, have you gone out last night? And that doesn't sound so normal in English, but here's an example in Spanish. So, if you were a guy from Segovia, you might say, ¿Qué habéis hecho anoche? That's vosotros. And it's the present perfect, like, what did you guys do last night? Now, if you were Mexican, Colombian, Argentinian, I'm going to go on a limb and say, rather, you would say, ¿Qué hicieron anoche? And so we see two things here. We see the usage of the past simple, hicieron, and something we just talked about, which is them opting to use ustedes instead of vosotros, which wouldn't even occur to them, right? So just to repeat, actually, I'll make it easier. Let's eliminate the vosotros and the ustedes. I'll give you an example using the informal you. So, anoche, ¿qué has hecho? Oh, ¿qué has hecho anoche? Okay, that's from Spain. Now, Different person asking you the same question, but they're from Uruguay. Anoche, ¿qué hiciste? Hiciste, hiciste. Hiciste, That is so programmed into me. Yeah. Uh Very good. So that's something I wanted to point out to you guys that just, if you're living out here and you hear like, that usage over and over where in English we would have said the past simple and you learned it in Spanish using the past simple not to think that there's some subtle difference or they're trying to tell you like they're just saying the past simple using a different tense honestly it's like what did you do last night is totally fine to say chaos H on OJ um yeah I want to give one other example of using the the uh, using the what is it the the present the present perfect. perfect sorry thank you the present perfect so I want to give one more example of using the present perfect in Spain and it kind of expanding the usage of that is like ah quedado if you ask your friends do you have plans later you don't say tienes planes you say has quedado which is talking about so it's using the present uh, the present perfect, but it's talking about the future. So the present perfect is actually referring to the past while it's talking about the future. Just another example of some kind of uh, the the present the present perfect being expanded in its usages in Spain. So I think the present perfect is a little bit more ubiquitous of a of a t- of a tense in Spain than in other countries. 
It is, it is. But I would also argue on this one point that Kedar here has a different meaning, actually. If you translate it differently. Did you make plans? Like, think about Kedar as to make plans. And if you just think of it meaning that, then it... But listen, but you can say, Kedamos a las ocho. You could be like, quedamos a las ocho. We'll like meet up at a las ocho. You know, so you could say that. And then, and then, so if you say that to the person. But that means to meet. So that's that's where like it's if just, you were to actually take these and make them have two because Spanish verbs and English verbs all the verbs they have tons of different. But this meanings. is the thing you're it you're translating it though, but you're translating it in two different ways, and you can't translate it if you're speaking in Spanish. It's still the same word. Has quedado en quedamos. It's still so you can translate quedar in English. You could be like meet up. And make plans, but when you use it in Spanish, it's still the same word, you know? Yeah, but they mean two different things. Even though they're using the same same word, they're not, you like, meaning this. Okay, just because there isn't another example off the tip of my tongue where this is very evident, it won't be so clear to see. But if you could just internalize that perhaps quedar has, like, a subset of, of, of meaning then it wouldn't have to violate an entire like logic where you say i i did meet with him to signify in the future okay all right that's interesting but i would like to see if there are any other situations we need we need a a spanish person to talk to us about this no see this is the thing this is what i'm gonna say i want to see if there are any other situations in which quedar means to make plans because I think it doesn't. I've only ever heard it used in the like in the translation to make plans when you said a quedado or hemos quedado. Every other use of quedar is a lot more similar in meaning, either like to meet up or to stay or to, you know those kind of things. And then okay. and then make plans is kind of over. It's kind of like distinct from any of that even circle of like related meanings. It's like kind of over here. Yeah, yeah, but the same thing applies when you say, like, um, if you use the tense past um, simple of saber, then suddenly you get to find out, which is different in English, right? It's not to know, it's literally to just find out that information. So, like, uh, anoche supe que mi madre iba a mudarse a otro país. So last night I found out. So changing the... Well, it's not, it's still to know, though. You know, it's still to know, but in one instant. And then, like, in English, we, like, kind of translate that as, oh, to find out. But, like, but just, I think it's still a very related meaning, you know? Because, like, how do you say to know and take the time aspect out of it? Because you know things for a long time. If you say to know, but you bring it to one exact instant and one exact how, event. How do you not see the relationship between quedar as hangout and to plan to hang out being so similar? Uh, Dude, we're just on totally different sides uh, on this one. Nice. I don't all right, know. you got to keep on rolling. All right, we got to go. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll talk about this okay. later. Yeah, right? we'll, debate, we'll debate that later. Okay. All right, real. guys. So... Let me uh, let me say one or two more things. From my experience, I've been in Central America. I've been four times in Mexico, and then I've been a total of like three years in Spain. And I really get the feeling that the way Spaniards speak is just a little more 
I guess rude, all right? But only viewing it It's direct. It's very direct. It's really direct, exactly. And it's, like, I was going to say that it's not rude to anyone here, which means it isn't, right? Like, it's just a different way of of conveying the, the normal or, like, politeness for them. They would say that, like, in South America, they're over the top, like to an exaggerated and uncomfortable point where they'd say like, usted quisiera si yo puri, and they just You'd keep be like, on. dude, just tell me what you want to say. Like, exactly. For sure. And so what I'm getting at is one distinction that there need, that there is, is like, if you're ordering a beer in Spain, you're going to say probably one of two things, which is ponme una cerveza. Right, and that's the most direct way, and it's also really common to say. No one's going to take insult because you're talking to them in the two form without knowing them, um, and they're also not going to be upset that you're telling them rather than asking. You can just say "ponme una cerveza." You want to be really nice, por favor. Now you've yeah. outmatched ninety-five percent of his clients. All right, you're on a pedestal. Um, if you want to be like in the top one percentile of the most sincere people in Spain, all you have to do is say "me pones una cerveza." Uh-huh. And then you're like extra nice, and if you tack on the por favor, they might just give it to you for free. Oh um, my I'm goodness! Just, I'm just screwing around, <laughs> but really, like they—they're always commanding things here, right? And I think everywhere else that I've been, there's a bit more tact and a little bit more like reservation when talking to people you don't know and asking for things politely. It's a bit like in the states. Like I don't say, "Bring me the ketchup." To the yeah. waiter as he walks by. Could you? Would, would you mind like, bringing me the like? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Hey, one sec. Um, would you mind? Sure. Yeah. Like, it'd be great if. Yeah. We're a little bit softer in that way, and I I feel like this exists a lot more in Latin America. So instead of hearing "ponme una cerveza," you might hear something like. Um, Oye, camarero. Póngame. Yeah. Oye, colega. Cerveza. Yeah. Oh, uh, um. Me pone una cerveza o una chela, mm. since we're talking in Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, I don't really know exactly the best translation, how they do it there, but it's just something I think is, is it happens here. Another thing in Spain about like them seeming a little bit rude sometimes, but being very direct, or they're also just very honest people. So, for example, if you, like, you know, you went on vacation. Well, listen, if you went on vacation, and you gained, and you were like left work to go on vacation, and you you uh, and you ate a lot, and you gained like five pounds, and you come back, your your coworkers are gonna say it to you, you're gonna be like, oh, you're a little bit fat. What happened? Like, did you eat a lot on vacation? Or if you are like a little bit sick, and you come in and you're tired, you're and your face is all bad, they're gonna be like, oh, Tienes malacado. You've had a bad face today. Like, what happened? They're literally gonna straight up, and like, no part of them at all is gonna be like. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe they're a little bit self-conscious about it. Nope, that's just the way it is. If you look this way, and the thing is, they're not saying, so you wouldn't say you look fat today to a fat person. Or like specifically because they're fat all the time. You would say it to a person who in, you're like making a distinction from the normal way that they look. So if you, a person's just ugly, you're not gonna be like, you've got a bad face. But if they are particularly not put together on a certain day when they normally are, you could be like, oh, today is different. 
today something yeah, changed. Yeah, but dude, just like the rules of like standard etiquette when it comes to talking to people in social situations, I don't find are too much different than like in the States as far as being transparent or straightforward and saying what like you're thinking. I, I feel like this would only happen between friends. Like someone that they're not close and they just go, you look like... You gained some weight over vacation time. Bro, I got that, I got that shit from my the people I worked with all the time, and I did not know them like that terribly well. They would totally just come out and say they'd be like, "You're looking like really skinny today," or like, or just listen. I just think they just say what's on their mind, I, and I think it's because it's a more direct, kind of honest way of thinking about it. They don't have as much fluff around what they want to say. Yeah, that could be, man. Like, do they? I don't feel like they ever do that to me. Where it's something. Maybe you're always looking good. <laughs> that, but no, I'm I'm serious. Like, where I've I've had to think, was that appropriate? Like, was that cool? And then maybe it's just a cultural thing. Like, that would be interesting, you know, if they're saying, "Yo, I know, like, I know you went to Germany and." Uh, Evidently, cooking was good. Yeah, cooking. They, they took good care of me. I don't know. It hasn't happened so far, but I'm going to keep my ear tuned in. Hypers, you know. I re- well, I remember I remember learning about that, I think, in one of my classes at one point. And then I, and I experienced that a few times with people like, you know, maybe for me it wasn't being called fat, but it was like being called like particularly skinny. You know, yeah. or like eat something, not, you know, just like, or they're just, I just feel like they'll say what's on their mind without kind of wondering if it sounds rude or not. I feel like they're just like, nah, I'm just going to say this. I'm thinking I'm going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do have some more buffer. I think so. Little, little PC. Anyway, let's uh, go on. Cause we're already fucking, we're already over time. Last, last point people. <laughs> let's bring it home. Do it in a. In a fun way, so don't even fucking think about saying coger. Not for <laughs> one fucking second. And where? South America. <laughs> yeah. Or Mexico. Or really anywhere but Spain. That I wouldn't fear. Listen, maybe there's a South American country in that list that also, like, one country that where coger means to catch. But I would just say as a blanket rule, really only if you're in Spain are you definitely cool to say that. Yeah, don't do any coher bombs. Um, so let's say, but I, let's say exactly what coher means. So in Spain. Okay, so how about this? Um, in Spain, where I live, coher means everything to start. Now let's get a little bit more specific. It means to grab, to get, to take. Essentially, it is to, it, like, obtain something. Yeah, obtain and, is a good. And, uh, or, or even to use something, right? Like... Well, I guess that's, I was thinking about like the tram or the metro or the train, the bus, you know, but, but we still say to catch or to take those things Mm -hmm. in English. So just think of it like that. It's this all inclusive verb of to, to get, take, obtain. I liked. Yeah. Obtain is like the most general. It's the most general. Maybe it's not the most, the best for anyone, but it kind of encompasses generally all of those kind of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's really hard to say just, like, words exactly. in English for what it means. Because you can't say, like, it's, to take a nap or to take a break. Yeah, dude, you it's never like, coger un descanso. I think it's similar but to a job. But you will coger vacaciones, which is take a vacation. I think it's very similar to a job where there's really, truly no one word you can say 
And that's what it means. Like, there's just no... Yeah. I mean, we say that all the time, that there's no direct translations, but sometimes that's really the case. You really see it with a couple of verbs. Coger being a standout one of those. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so what does that mean in South America and Mexico, Andres? Giggity, giggity. Giggity. Get it in. Get it on. It means to... Yeah, man. It means to bone. Means to uh, well, I mean, I don't want to soften anything. It, means, it actually means just to fuck. Yeah, real talk. So it can mean you can say it like I mean to your girlfriend or something, but you can also say it in a kind of slightly more violent way. You know, I would say it probably tends to be slightly more on. You know vulgar. what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. I don't know about the violent, the vulgar way is I'll say that. Maybe yeah. not violent, but but vulgar though. For sure. Yeah. So uh, then there's just a, a couple of other words that could be of interest that you're probably going to come across. And these are things like, well, if you're like me, you say things are cool often. It's just an easy response. And plus, you know, shit, dude, if you're talking to people that you like, they often inform you of new cool stuff that's going on. So I would say, why, mola, or chulo? Well, this right? is the thing is I think guay totally exists in other countries. Not so much. I think they know it, but it's not like they're okay, going why? to. I used to say that to uh, my Spanish, uh, to my, my Mexican friend all the time that I used to work with, Malulu. I used to say guay to her all the time. Like, mola, she did not know at all. Mola, I think that's totally only a Spain thing. Chulo, I really don't know. I think guay they say in other countries, too. I think guay is actually like chévere is in other countries. So Chevere is mostly Colombia, I'm pretty sure. But everyone, for some reason, this is like the most famous of the ways to say cool if if you're not talking about your own version. Mm. You know, like, so I think that why was kind of like established here and it's the way that it was their go-to cool word and it became international. So if we're talking about ones that are exclusively in Spanish use, then yeah, we got to limit that list to something more like mola, and that's a verb, like me mola, es a cosa me mola, or chulo, which is an adjective. Que chulo, es a cosa, yeah. es muy chula. Chulo, chulo. Right? Chulo and chula can also mean like almost um, like like Acting. cool. Like if you're, if you're at like standoffish, if you're like, este niño es muy chulo, like a teacher can say then be like, this kid thinks he's like too cool for school. This kid is like kind of standoffish. So it can also mean that. I heard a couple of days ago on Rick and Morty, uh, <laughs> Rick was telling Morty, hey, te has levantado esta mañana muy chulo, eh? You got you but, wait, you watch it in, in Castellano, that's hilarious. Where yeah, do you watch yeah, it? Yeah. And it was so freaking cool. It's like he woke because Morty was acting like he was the shit, yeah. right? <laughs> and he was strutting around with his chest on plate and stuff, and Rick pointed it out and he's like, You woke up acting like tough shit, like you're the coolest thing that ever happened. And so yeah, yeah. Chulo you can use in both of those senses. Mmm, yeah, very cool. Um anything um, else, Andres? We do. We got. There's so many words that I got for you people. I'm thinking that I'm just gonna drop this in the comments. Or Dude, like, no, no, no. I think I think I'm just gonna shut up and you just go bam, 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 and just try to see if you just list them. Okay. Running through the list. Here we go. You've got bocadillo or bocata. That's what we're gonna say for sandwich. Whereas in other places in the world, I think they they just say sandwich. In Spain. 
for cell phone, they're going to say mobile. And in other countries, they'll use celular. Um, we have ordenador, also in Spain. And I think this is the only country that uses that. In other countries, they have either computador or computadora. I think the second is the, the preferred one. Um, piso in Spain is an apartment. And then if you say piso in Mexico, for instance, you're talking about the floor. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to say apartment, you would have to say departamento. But you can shorten this if you get tired of saying such a long word and say depa. Um, and then here, to go back to the floor, you want to say that in Spanish? Spain Spanish? Suelo. Okay. So you can help me out on this one, Mike. I know you're eager to talk. How, would, how do you think that people say vale in other countries? Ah, vale, 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 vale. Just like, do you think they have an equivalent or do they say bien, okay? I think, let me say this, I didn't really, in my previous Spanish classes before moving to Spain, I had not really heard Bali that much. But then after I studied abroad, I went back and I, I feel like I heard that a lot more, in my, even in my Spanish classes in America. So I didn't used to think that they used Vale, but now I, I feel like they, I feel like Vale is maybe not in every country, but I think it's more or less universal. But I could Sweet. be wrong on that one though, I don't know. Another thing in Spain, if you miss somebody, you're going to echar de menos a esa persona. Mm -hmm. Rest of the world, extrañar, extrañar. a esa persona. Uh, this is important, going back to ordering things. So you want a shot, me pones un chupito. And if you want it in a different country, you're going to say, uh, un trago, un caballito, or I think I was watching this, these girls talk about it on their YouTube video and they said, un shot. Un shot. So these are Mexican gals and they live close to the border and they claim that in their region, they say shot. Yeah. Let, like me, let me say this. Um, you can get away with that way more often than you would think is even possible at all. If you just kind of say the English word with a, with a Spanish accent. And it's like, un, and then you say just whatever. It, it works most of the time. It really, I swear to God, it really does. Not is that that's yes. ideal. You necessarily shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily do that. But it, it works pretty well. Yeah, it's, oh, dude, it's always worth a try. It yeah. wouldn't work saying un shot. But if you said like un tequila, and then you said it just like in English, un tequila, un whiskey, yeah. probably that would blow like, Oh, okay, get it through un chupito. It would be like, all right, here you go. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then mixed drinks. I used to think bebida mezclada. What a freaking... Do I really have to say that? And yeah. it doesn't make sense to them either. It could be mixed with concrete. They don't understand. So what you really want for a mixed drink or cocktail is un cubata, un cubata, or un cuba libre. That's well, what we would say in Spain. Well, actually, so uno cubata actually just means a rum and coke, I think. And I think I think a cubata means a rum and coke, and a cuba libre, that definitely means a rum and That one I'm 100% sure about. A cuba libre is definitely like a specific drink that is just like a, it's a Bacardi and Coke. Or it's just now any sort of rum and coke. Um, but I was going to say... A, but a Spain, copa, man. a copa. If you just go for a copa, then that's a uh, no. A cuba libre. That's like universal. That's like a bartending thing. A cuba libre is definitely a. If you order a cuba libre, it's gonna be a rum and coke. But um, but I was gonna say, but a, a copa, like or a copon, if you want to say like go for a huge one, 
But I'd say, like, I would hear Copa way more often for mixed strength than I would hear... Um, but a Kubata, I think, I think Kubata is... I'm almost... That one I'm not 100% sure about, but the Cuba Libra, that's definitely Roman Coke. All right, so those who are more experienced will be counting on you to... In the comments, let's check it out. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Um, last thing, Thumo. In Spain, we're going to say Juice, Thumo. The rest of the world says Hugo. Yeah, I like that one. That one's fun. Thumo. And not even Sumo. Thumo. <laughs> it's a fun thumo. one. Un Thumo de Naranja. Thumo natural. It's like that. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, I got some clothes for you guys. The one that drives me crazy is jersey. Jersey. That means sweatshirt. And then in other places they say sweater. And I don't yeah. like either of them if I'm completely honest. Like... Because sweater reminds me of a sweater. It's not that formal. <laughs> Little like six-year-olds that are wearing a hoodie would have a sweater. Or in Spain, un jersey. So I'm going to leave you guys with that instead of getting into cazadora, zapatillas. You guys have to look those things up. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dos Kiris Gear. We love talking every week, and uh, we hope to be continuing these episodes for many, however long of a time period we wanted. I don't know. I'm not going to put a time as, period. As I'm long gonna... as I keep on respiring, man, or if you start learning another language, we could do that. Fuck yeah, I'm trying to learn, I'm starting to start learning uh, French. Actually, I'm gonna have a brand new, I'm not gonna talk about that. Talk about too much stuff already. Anyway, y'all, from Dos, ah, oh, Jesus. Anyway, y'all, from both of us here at Dos Guiris Sin Guia, Pasti with us.